0: Never invest in the stocks because you don't know what you're doing and you lose your money. That's the exact words of what my mom told me when I was a little kid, bless her soul. She was a great mother, but that's what she was telling me. But she was born in the 40s. She was born in a time and she was raised in a time where you could just sit back and you could literally save money and build wealth. How you could save money and build wealth, because back then they lived in a very high interest rate society when you compare it to today. Today, you talk about the Fed interest rate is down below 1% all-time lows, which means that, yes, our home home loans are money is easy to borrow, meaning our home loans are cheap, meaning our um, our credit cards are cheap, or borrowing for money for a car. But the downside to that means our investments are cheap, meaning that if you have money in the savings account, we can no longer do that today. So she pretty much said, Prince, don't invest in the stocks, just save your money and retire. Mother, I know you can hear me right now. Those things don't apply in today's economy. So, ladies and gentlemen, today's episode is—you already, guys, already, as you guys and girls already know—my name is Prince Dax. This is the Prince of Investment coming to you guys and girls live, all the way from the beautiful city and state of Denver, Colorado, via the very beautiful city and state of Honolulu, Hawaii. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how do you lose money in the market. We heard it all the time. We seen it all the time, especially with these volatile times that we've seen in the past few weeks. We're going to talk about more people concerned about losing their money, moving their money and things like that. And we're going to have a very good episode because we're going to talk about the history of the crash. All the major U.S. history, all the major crashes in U.S. history we're going to go over because guess what? History will always repeat itself. If you don't know history, you don't know the future, right? Because we know History will repeat itself. So, it's best to familiarize ourselves with the history. Then we're going to go into why do we see stocks crash? Why do we see this happen? Then we're going to go into how to, to lose your money during a crash. Then we're going to roll into what did the government do to prevent crashes, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump straight into it because I don't have a lot of time, and I definitely, you guys and girls don't have a lot of time, so let's jump straight into it. So first, let's go over the history of stock crashes in the United States. Going all the way back to, and you know, I'm going back to when the stock market was created. Yes, we had plenty before this, so please don't jump and go crazy about this. But we're going to go over some of the major ones, 1901, 1902, 1929, which was Black Tuesday. Black Tuesday, that was 1929. That was the greatest stock market crash, which led us into the Great Depression. After nineteen twenty nine, the market took about all the way into nineteen fifty four before it rebounded to the, before the nineteen twenty nine crash. Now we're rolling straight into nineteen sixty three. What happened major nineteen sixty three? We saw a flash crash because of President Kennedy. President Kennedy was assassinated, and notice that nineteen o seven we saw the same thing. Every time one of our presidents became um, one. Of Every time one of our presidents became assassinated, anything like that, something happened to the president, you always saw these big flash crashes in the market. Another thing, rolling into Black Monday. Black Monday is referred to 1987. Another great historical crash into uh, in the U.S. stock market. Following back into 2001, 2000, 2001, we saw the dot-com bomb. Followed by a flash crash in 2002. We all know what happened on September 11th, on that crash on that uh, day, and then going right into 2008, which was the uh, you know 2008 financial crisis. All the way to present day, this year 2020, the pandemic crash. Right? I don't know what they're going to call it, but it's the pandemic crash. So all of these major crashes. When you look at all these major crashes, you got to ask yourself, what causes or what are the same trends you see all the time? Ladies and gentlemen, the first thing is, you always see things that are overhyped. Before a crash, you usually see a crash come right before a big bull. We know in 2020, we was in the longest running bull market that we had ever seen. This longest running bull market is what set us up um, to be, what is to to burst or correction in 2020. So when 2020 market crash happened, yeah, it was fueled by COVID-19 and the pandemic, but it it was kind of due for one when you look at the historical data. That these things happen about every 8 to 10 years. Now, also look way back into one of the most historical ones, back into 1929. What caused that? Euphoria. Ladies and gentlemen, when I say euphoria, it's the sense of speculating and you can't get something wrong. When you can't get something wrong, hey, I buy a stock, it goes up. He buys a stock, it goes up. I'm a genius. He's a genius. We're geniuses. Everybody starts to speculate. market starts to go up, 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 up. The next thing you know, when people start to uh, over speculate, now you have things that are overhyped and now you have things that are overvalued. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what led to the 1929 uh, crash that happened in 1929, which led us into the Great Depression. The one that happened in 2008 was triggered by the real estate market, right? You had the real estate market. Well, it wasn't the real estate market. Real estate got hit big at the time, but the financial crisis. You pretty much had them by collateral. Collateralized debt or obligations, right? CDOs, these CDOs came through, these credit swaps. That's what led us to this. Ladies and gentlemen, and we are poised to have another one all the way, you know, um, every five to 10 years, we're poised to have another one. It will happen again. Now the one in 2020, Prince, why do you say that? if you look at the history of market crashes, you always see market crashes have a lot to do with, market crashes have a lot to do with regulations. Very low interest rates for a very low time. Money's being easy to borrow. And when money is easy to borrow, people have a tendency to spend more. People have a tendency to buy more and lend more. All those things, what sets us up for the next bubble. Prince, you know this is going to happen. Why would you even invest into something that you know is going to crash? That sounds crazy. It does, right? But here's the downside. Here's the positive, positive side to the downside of the market crashing every five to 10 years. Ladies and gentlemen, Every time the market has crashed, it has rebounded even higher when it has rebounded. Meaning in 1929, when it went down, it came back up even higher than it was before when it went down. So when you stretch out the market, S&P 500, NASDAQ, you can look at all these erratic drops. But when you step back and you zoom out, you will see that guess what? Even with all these market crashes, Stocks are still going up higher and higher for over a hundred years. I'm only 36 years old and they were doing this way before me and they were doing this way after me. Now, Prince, why would you invest in something, cra- why would you invest into something that's going to crash? Why do we see these crashes happen? You guys, and when you look at the asset world, you have stocks, you got real estate, you got business. Why do we keep seeing this happening in the stocks? Why? Here we go, we're gonna go through a, very, uh, uh, a few things, emotions. We are emotional human beings. What does emotions have to do with it? Emotions, sometimes we feel like we're going to lose our money or sometimes we feel like we're going to make our money. It's the same emotions that we use on a gambling table. When you gamble, what keeps a winner on the gambling table? You know, his mentality is when he's winning on the gambling table, why would I throw my money away, right? Um, How do I, why why would I throw my, why would I stop gambling when I'm up? I can win more. I can win more. Ladies and gentlemen, it happens all the time. When a stock market is going up, people are like, man, I should invest more. Everybody's excited. Everybody loves to buy more and more and more and more and more, right? Why would a winner on the gambling table walk away while he's winning? This is what causes bubbles. And guess what always happens, ladies and gentlemen? The bubble will burst. People will overbuy. People will overbuy every single time with an asset class. Now, same thing with the guy who's sitting on the gambling table. Guess what? He doesn't leave the gambling table, he loses. The next thing is liquid. The one thing that makes the stock market great and the one thing that makes it bad is this liquidity. Prince, what do you mean by liquidity? How fast can you turn something into cash? When you look at a house, how long would it take you to sell a house? Maybe a few months. How long would it take you to sell a piece of land? Maybe a few months. How long would it take you to, if you have a very successful business, how long would it take you to sell it? Maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months. If I want to get rid of Apple, if I want to get rid of my Apple stocks, how long does it take me to get rid of them? Matter of seconds. So stocks are very liquid, meaning I can turn them into cash overnight. I own a house. I own land. I own stocks. Out of all those assets, which one of those are the fastest I can turn into cash? It's probably gonna be my um the, the fast one I can turn into cash is stocks. So with that being said, when you tie in emotions that I just spoke about. And also, when you tie in something being very liquid, meaning that people's emotions can jump in and out of something in a moment's notice, this is why you see so much volatility in the stocks. This is why you see the rise and the fall so fast, right? You see the fall faster than the rise every single time. And everybody's wondering what's happening, what's going on. You have a lot of money managers who are trying to save cash. They like to, oh, stock market's Falling, I don't want my clients to lose more money. So, boom, they sell everything, they move to cash. Some of them move to gold. Some of them move to real estate. They're moving to something they think is going to be better, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you have to understand about stocks. Why do you see these erratic moves? Why do you see these big, um, uh, why do you see these big emotions and liquidity? These stocks volatility is what it's called when you see stocks move up and down so fast. Why do you see it so volatile? Emotions and liquidity. The two emotions that run the market, fear and greed. Some people have the fear of losing money. Some people just can't leave the money alone. It's the same concept. When someone is losing on the market, when somebody's losing at the gambling table, let's go back to that scenario. When somebody's sitting at that gambling table and they're just losing and losing and losing, what do they think? Man, I was, and they don't lose just, after every roll, they don't lose every roll. They slowly lose over time. They make they make five dollars, and they lose two. Then they make one dollar, then they lose ten dollars. Then they make and they, they can't see that downward trend. And their whole mind, what keeps them on the table? I just want to be able to get my money back. The greed of being able to get their money back is what keeps them in. That's what keeps them in when they're losing money. When they're making money, the greed sets in of making even more money. Why would I lose or why would I stop when I'm winning? This is why you always see bubbles in real estate, business, and stocks. The next thing you may ask, ladies and gentlemen, Prince, well, that's great you told me that. Um, When these stocks are crashing, what can I do? You know, what can I do to alleviate losing my money? We just went over. Things being overvalued. How can you spot when something's overvalued? Pretty easy, ladies and gentlemen. I won't say easy. What makes a business good? Take me, for example, as you guys and girls know out there, I wrote a book series. And let's say somebody wanted to buy my book series, or if I wanted to sell my book series, what is going to be the biggest thing people pay attention to? What is going to give my book series value of how much I can sell it for? The reason why I'm asking this question, it is the same thing that makes stocks so powerful. This is how you can spot when something is overvalued. Ladies and gentlemen, it goes down to your earnings. They don't care how great the books look, how great they may smell, how great they were written, written, um, the name, the title. Some people care about that. They look at that as an intrinsic value. The earnings, how much money do you make from these books? How much money do you generate? How much money have you generated? What have you done with these books? That's the question you must ask yourself, right? Now, ask yourself when you look at a stock, the earnings, have you read the earnings? Have you gone to the fundamentals? So many times in the game of uh, basketball, so many people, we love to see the windmill dunk, the behind the back dunk, the, Crazy passes, crazy dribbling skills, but it all boils down to winning a game. And to win a game it's a very simple concept. Put the ball in the basket. Stop the other guy from putting the ball in the basket or the other girl. Stop the other person, the fundamentals. So what wins a basketball game is not how many fancy dunks, is how many times did you put the ball in the basket versus the other person. So when you look at a stock or you look at companies or real estate or anything, you have to look at... What is the earnings? Is this business, I know it sounds good. I know it looks good. What are the earnings? Is it making money? Is it losing money? Is the top line revenue growing? Is the bottom line revenue growing? How much cash is in the company? How much debt the company has? It, has So ladies and gentlemen, you got to do a little work. You're going to have to crack open that 10Q, that 10K, and look at that income statement, balance statement, and cash flow statement, and do an interpretation to see, can this company withstand a shock? And if it can't withstand a company, is this company continuing to grow? Is this company profitable? Is this company losing money? Is this company making money? This is how you can stay away from something being overvalued. When you see, once you know the fundamentals of a company like myself, if you know the fundamentals of a company, then you would know what is good or what what is bad, right? Now, ladies and gentlemen, we just went over the history of stock market crashes. We talked about why stocks crashed. After this break, we're going to take a quick break, and after this break, we're going to get into how you lose money in the stock market, and what are some of the, what are some of the things the government did to prevent this. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back. So don't touch that dial. Don't move. Don't do anything.